Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Ruth says, Naomi, I'm going to go out for the day and I'm going to glean. I'm going to, I'm going to go glean and work all day. It's a, this, is a, this is a sun up to sundown type of gig. It's hard work. Um, everything you got, you got to bend down and pick it up. You got to put it in a bag. You got to carry it all day. So she's going out to work a day of hard work, glean, so that her and Naomi can eat. And it just tells you a little bit about this woman, Ruth. We're going to learn about Ruth and we're going to learn about Boaz. But I want you to note that about her. This is a hardworking woman. She's willing to go out and work. She's keeping her commitment. She's made a lot of commitments to go home with Naomi. Ruth is a woman of godly character who is hardworking and a woman of her word. Today, Pastor Bill will be explaining how Ruth made commitments and kept her promise to Naomi, even though that meant leaving her family and becoming a stranger in a foreign land. Ruth focused on doing what she knew was right, even though that meant her life may be a little harder. God took care of Ruth and provided for her as she focused on eternal matters. Ruth had faith that if she obeyed God, he would provide. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ruth, chapter 2, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please let me go out to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. So I want to just point out that Ruth is keeping her commitment. Ruth has moved to Moab and she's committed to take care of Naomi. She says, you know, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to glean. And I want to explain gleaning was the Israelite. Uh, God had established in Israel a process for the poor that the poor wouldn't be left out, that they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't go without eating. And it was kind of God's welfare program, and it's better than ours. Um, today, if somebody is on welfare or some kind of government assistance or whatever, some people really need welfare and government assistance. So, you know, I understand that. But you guys also understand that it weakens people. Um, I've actually known people that, you know, they had whatever they had, workers' comp or whatever, and they, were say, they, they had to think this through, like, I'm actually okay to go back to work now, but when I'm looking at what I'm getting here and what I'm making work, I might as well just stay home for free and not do something. So God's welfare program worked like this. He told those who had fields that he had blessed when it was harvest time. When, when it's harvest time, you tell your reapers to cut the edges. They go around it. Don't, don't reap around the edges and don't reap around the sides. Leave that for the poor. And if you drop something on the ground, you don't pick it up. You leave it there for the poor. So that poor people were able to go and find plenty to eat and they had the dignity of saying, I'm going out and I'm working for it. It's not a handout. I'm going and I'm doing something. I'm, I'm gleaning, I'm working and I'll have something with which to eat and to feed my family. And so that's what God had established here in Israel. Ruth and Naomi are both uh, widows. So there's no man to take care of them. There's no man to provide for their needs. And maybe you're a woman and that's your predicament. Maybe there's no man to take care of you and it's tough and it's difficult. I just want to point out that there was a man that took care of them. Uh, God is looking after them. God is making sure that, you know, what, what you guys need, I'm going to make sure you have it. There's someone you're going to find grace and favor in the sight of someone on my account. And they're going to take they're going to do more than take care of you guys. So Ruth says, Naomi, I'm going to go out for the day and I'm going to glean. I'm going to I'm going to go glean and work all day. It's all this. Is a, this is a sun up to sundown type of gig. It's hard work. Um, everything you got, you got to bend down and pick it up. You got to put it in a bag. You got to carry it all day. So she's going out to work a day of hard work, glean, so that her and Naomi can eat. And it just tells you a little bit about this woman, Ruth. We're going to learn about Ruth and we're going to learn about Boaz. But I want you to note that about her. This is a hardworking woman. She's willing to go out 
and work. She's keeping her commitment. She's made a lot of commitments to go home with Naomi. She's left her family behind, left her uh, her culture, left their religion. She's left all these things to come to an area where she's a foreigner and she's here going to take care of this other woman. And so there's just a, a, a lot about her character that's shown in these things. And so she says, hey, I'm, I'm going to go and see in whose favor I might find, whose sight I might find favor. And Naomi said, you go ahead and go, my daughter. Verse three. And then she left and went and gleaned in the fields after the reapers. And it says she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So I circled in my Bible and she happened, you know, just like, oh, she just so happened to end up over here. And so often um, as we are walking with the Lord, as we're walking in our purpose, as we're doing what God called us to be. I mean, she just so happened to end up where God would have wanted her to be. She just happened to end up in the, the field of this man who's wealthy, who's single and who's going to catch. She's going to catch his attention. I want you to pay attention to what Ruth is doing. When Boaz is when he when he when he when when she catches his attention, I want you just to pay attention to what she's doing. You know, she's not all dolled up. She ain't got her hair and her nails did out there in the in the you know when she's out there digging up the grain. You know, she ain't get all done up. She's probably in working clothes. She she's not out there to catch is what I'm, I want you ladies to get. She's just out there. I'm out, I'm a, I'm not even on a manhunt right now. I'm out here taking care of me and my mother in law. But that's what she's doing when this man of character notices her. There are things that God wants to do. Sometimes we're not even looking for God to do it. As we just are obedient, sometimes we just walk into what he has. As you're just going about being obedient, doing what God told you to do, and then as you're where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, God says, let me, let me do this for you. I'm going to bless you. I, I think of Adam and Eve. What was Adam doing when God said, brother, need a wife? He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. God said, you, name, you know, go out there and, you know, he can name animals in 10 gardens. And God just left him out there in paradise. And, and God looked at him in Genesis 2, 18 and said, oh, man, it's the first thing God made. that He said wasn't good. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. And he wasn't out there looking for a wife. He wasn't running behind the gorillas and the orangutans saying everybody else got somebody but me. You know, he was just doing what God had placed in there to do. And God said, you know what? This is not good. I, he needs a companion. He needs somebody comparable to him. And God did that. So for my single friends, uh, many times um, there are people and this. I've seen this. And, they, and you guys, if you live long enough, you'll see it, too. I've seen people that have spent their entire life starting maybe junior high and high school, always going after somebody, always got to have somebody. And they're always having and always getting and always having and always getting. But they never have what God has for them because everything that they ever got, they went and got it for themselves. They've never settled down and said, God, I'm going to just follow after you. I'm going to just seek you with all my heart and let you give me what you have for me. Some people have spent their entire life perfecting the art of never being alone. And so while they're never alone, they're always alone. While they're never without somebody, they're always with the wrong somebody because they won't let God do it. And if that's you, best thing you could do is take your hands out of the equation. Let, let it be your pursuit. Let it be your heart's desire to pursue God. God, I'm going to pursue you. And whatever you have for me, it'll, I'll find it on the trail of pursuing you. As I follow hard after you, Lord, everything you have for me will be right down that trail. So again, Ruth is out for the day to glean in the fields and to minister to her mother-in-law and to end up feed herself. She's working hard for the day. She happened upon the land of this man, Boaz. Look at verse four. It says, now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you thought that was cool. Boaz is a man of wealth. He's rich. 
Everybody that on the field is under his authority. He's the man on this field. I just want you to notice that he's rich and he's the man. But look at how he speaks to people. He's a man in authority. But look how he look at how he speaks to those that are under his authority. He says, hey, you guys, the Lord be with you. And look at how they speak back to him. They speak blessing right back to him. They say, the Lord bless you, too, man. You know, he's he's loving on them. They're loving on him for a lot of people, you know, for men in particular, because when women, when you're looking at a man and, um, you know, that may potentially be a prospect, something that you want to note. How does he treat those that are under his authority? Because one day, if that becomes your husband, you're going to be under his authority. Is he all big headed? Anybody, do you talk down to everybody under his authority? You better do what I say, do. You know, is he, uh, is he rough with those under his care? Or is he, he able to love those that are under him? Is he gentle? Is he loving? This man is wealthy. He can talk to people however he wants. You guys see how rich people do, folk. Not all rich people, but some rich people. They just talk to people like they're nothing. He's, he's something, but I want you to notice that he's speaking to people with dignity. He's, he's speaking the Lord to them. The Lord bless you guys. He cares about them. He's asking God's blessing on them. And, and they're and they're reciprocated. So, um, you know, I, I know I heard a lot when I was coming up that, you know, women would be told, you know, you learn a lot about a man by the way he treats his mother. Um, and maybe you can, but you'll learn a lot more looking at how he treats those that are under his care. I know some men that treat their mama right and everybody else wrong. So um, I, I heard that my whole life, but I don't necessarily buy it because I treated my mom good. But until I met the Lord, that didn't mean nothing for them little girls I was going out with. So, you know, if you look at how he's speaking to those that are, hey, these people are under my authority. I could treat them however I want. And I treat him good. I speak blessing over them. That says something about his character, um, his his things, his possession, his power haven't gone to his head. So when you become someone that's under his power, um, just just a, just a clue of maybe how he's going to be able to deal with you and treat you. So uh, he spoke blessing over those that are under his care. Verse five, it says, then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? So as Ruth is out there working, he noticed her. And again, as I pointed out, I'm pretty sure she didn't go out there all flied up. You know, she didn't say, now, don't you curl my hair and, you know, put me on some nice. She was out there in working clothes, working in the sun. She probably was sweating. I don't know. You know, she had black girl hair with a start poofing at the ends. You know, she was out there working for the day. And Boaz looked out and I just want you to notice what he noticed. He noticed something of character. And he's going to start asking questions. He said, hey, whose young woman is that? And so, again, many women feel like they got to they got to they got to do all kind of things to get somebody to look. And um, I just can I just be honest with you guys? I'm just I, I'm going to have to be. I'm the pastor. So so <laughs> the things that most women do to get men to look, you will get them to look, but they're not looking at you. They're looking at the meat that's on you. That's what it is. That's how that's how we work. Um, men are very carnal and fleshy and visual and everything else. And so you put all your stuff out there. They're going to look, but they're not looking at you. They may talk nice, but they're not really talking nice to you. They may act like they're really interested, but they're not really interested in you. They're interested in what you showed them. So Boaz is interested in her. Wow, she has character. She's out there working. Who's, well, whose young woman is that? Then when he asks about her, we're going to see as we continue, he's going to find out that she, she's doing that for her mother-in-law. Oh, she has character. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. So the guy that's over the reapers has paid close attention. And he gives Boaz some information. We learn a little bit more about this woman, Ruth. He says, first of all, she's the young woman that came back with 
Naomi from Moabite. She's a little Moabite woman. Um, I don't know if it had been shared yet that, that she had surrendered her life to the Lord later on in the chapter. Uh, Boaz is going to recognize as he speaks to her, it says that you've come under the Lord's wing for covering. So he knows that she's a believer now. Um, but the information he has so far, it says that, you know, the guy says, man, she's been out here all day and she just took a little while to rest all day. She's been out here working and gleaning and she's out here, you know, she's with, living with Naomi. She's out here reaping and she continued from morning. I want you to notice something else in verse seven. She said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers. She didn't have to ask. Uh, it was the law. It was in Leviticus. It was the law that you had to, if, if, if people were hungry, they could walk through and glean. But she asked anyway. She was a polite woman. And so he points that the, the, the guy that's over the reapers, you know, she didn't come in there like it was her right. She didn't walk up in there. He didn't. He could have said, man, she just rolled up in here and been grabbing food all day. You know, she didn't even ask permission or nothing. But he said, hey, she she actually came and asked permission to do what she's doing right here. Said something else about her. Uh, she didn't come in here like she was entitled to it, though she was. She still asks permission. Do you have a reputation? So it's, it is, I advise people, you, you, if you meet somebody, you should always be dealing with a Christian anyway. They ought to be firmly planted in some church. And if it's not your church, it's another church. Well, you ought to be able to go there and find out something about them. Hey, what's his standing or her standing here in this fellowship? How long have they been here? You know, did they just break up with Sister Susie, you know, saxophone player down the way. And now they're, you know, on the market or whatever. You, you should be able to find out some information about them, what kind of person they are. Um, Maybe be real healthy to do that before you, be, before, you, before you even put yourself out there. So I'm just pointing out to you guys that Boaz is saying, let me investigate this a little bit. Let me just see what this person is all about. And so he's asking questions and he's getting information and everything is checking out real good for her so far. Um, now, look at verse verse eight. It says, then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? So he didn't command her. I just want you to know, he, he, said, he said, basically, that's, that's some old, you know, that's Boaz putting a drag. He said, hey, girl, you going to listen to what I tell you, right? You know what I'm saying? That's just, if I paraphrase, he said, will you listen to what I'm going to tell you right now? You know, and so he says, uh, you know, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? And uh, he says, don't, do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here. But he says this, stay close to my young women. So Boaz is, He's kind of putting it out there a little bit. He says, hey, you know, I, I see you out here gleaning. He says, hey, don't don't go glean anywhere else. Now, Boaz is rich, so she probably was already gleaning in some of the best fields anyway. Boaz said, hey, you, you, you do your gleaning around here. We, we got you. You know, you welcome back here whenever you want. He, you know, don't, don't go over there to other guys field and glean. You glean right over here with me. <laughs> and then he said, because he has young men, we're going to find out, and young women. But he says something real interesting in the end of verse 8. He says, hey, but stay close. To my young women, right? So maybe Ruth was, she might have been a little cutie. He might say, man, you get around the young fellows, they might snatch you up. You stay over here with these young women. Stay away from my young men. And um, interesting because it's the same counsel that Naomi's going to give her at the end of the chapter. But uh, as I read that, I, I hear Boaz saying, any man interested in a woman, you don't want to see her run around with a bunch of men. You know, if that's your woman, are you interested in her? You know, you hang out with the girls. Um, I think some people end up being single longer than they have to. I've met women that's like, you know, I don't get along with women. So you always run around with a bunch of men. So any interested man looking at you, you look like you got four men. Uninterested. <laughs> Nobody's interested in a woman with four men. You know, so he says, you just hang out over here with the young women. It'd be best for you if you do that. So just throwing that out there, young men, young women. So it says now, verse nine, let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go, go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, 
Go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So Boaz is at least letting her know right here, I'm kind of interested. He said, hey, I don't want you to be around my young men. I want you to hang out with my young women. He said, I've commanded the young men not to touch you. They're not going to lay a finger on you. And whenever you get thirsty, because when you got thirsty and you were gleaning, you, were, you had to go draw water. He said, when you get thirsty, um, you're going to be like, like you're on my staff. Uh, the young, I got young men drawing water all day. You go over there and get a drink. It's already, it'll already be drawn for you. And so, I mean, you know, he'd be in, Boaz is showing kindness. And so when a man is interested in a woman, what should he do? You know, some men don't know what to do. You know, they got some guys ain't got no drag at all. They don't know how to be nice. And I just want to just doing nice things for her. He said, hey, you gleaning my fields. All good. I'm nice to you, girl. Oh, you, when you get thirsty, you go water already be drawn. It's a cup of water for you. You know what I'm saying? He's, made, he's just saying, look, I'm, I'm looking out for you. I'm, I'm just this little, this little acts of kindness. Nothing, nothing naughty here. Nothing nasty. Nothing, nothing out of line. But he's letting her know in, in really, you know, biblically OK ways that, hey, I. I, I want you to be blessed over here in my fields. And so he's looking out for her. So these are all appropriate things. I have actually known men. Um, and, you know, it could be a difficult thing sometimes being a Christian and you don't want to be, you don't want to be that guy that's approaching every single person, you know, what's your name? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and, you, you know, so some guys don't know what to do. You know, it's like, well, what's the appropriate way? And I've seen guys that wait so long, they just do nothing. And I'm interested, kind of interested. Wow, she's cute. Anyway, I wait a little longer than somebody, some other brother that hooped her up. You cheating and took her out to dinner already. You know, you got to wait. I actually know a couple brothers that, 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 and they're good guys. They make great husbands, but they just, they just, uh, what to do? So you could be nice, fellas. That's what you could do. Don't do nothing out of line. Don't, don't do nothing freaky, but the guy is just being very nice. You know, I mean, walk up to her church. I I noticed you had a Dasani last week, so I I brought you one. God bless you. Go have a seat. You know, just see how she responded to that. You know, so you just be kind, be nice, and uh, give God room to work it out from there. So, um, so he tells her, I've told my young men, don't touch you. Um, You you can drink over here. Verse verse 10, I'm sorry. So, So she fell on her face and bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? Since I am a foreigner. And so she's she's humble. She says, man, how did I find favor in your eyes? You know, um, I'm a foreigner. You know, I'm not from here. And she recognizes that Boaz is showing all kind of favor to her. And she says, what have I done to find favor in your eyes? Seeing that I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm a foreigner, um, and you've taken notice of me. And she just falls down to the face. And Boaz answered in verse 11. And he said to her, it has been fully reported to me. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to the people whom you did not know before. So Boaz said, look, if you didn't know I was checking you out, girl, he says, I has been fully reported to me. I got all your information. I mean, he pulled out a notebook and said, look, it's been fully reported to me. How you taking care of Naomi? Oh, I dig that. Oh, that's good stuff. I mean, how you, you, your husband died. I know you're available, you poor thing. You know, <laughs> you know and he's just saying, I mean, I got all this information on you. And he, he let her know right here. I mean, I, 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 didn't just, I didn't just happen upon this information. I've been asking questions. And so, um, you know, another way, men, that you can show interest is do your homework. You know, um, women typically, not always, typically talk a lot more than men. And so what some men learn to do is tune out. That extra talking. But that's not good if you're pursuing a, while, a woman 
it's not good for you married men to do that either, you know, to be just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, but you're not taking it in, you know. So he, he's showing here that, hey, I've, I've, um, you haven't even, we haven't even got to talking yet. I know about you. I'm into you. I got information on you. I got background. I heard about your dead husband, you poor thing. I heard how you taking care of Naomi. I mean, I, I feel called to help you out, you know, just my heart, my heart just for you, you know. So, um, but there, there's a little picture here, you know, as she recognizes that in her mind, and there's nothing in me that would create this, that you should find favor in my sight. Uh, one thing we're going to see, and we'll talk a lot more about this in chapter three, but Ruth is actually a beautiful picture of Christ and his church as well. And, and, and as Christ would look at his church, when, when there wasn't anything lovely about us, the church, Jesus loved us, right? Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love towards us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So in the same way that she falls down before him and says, man, what have, what have I done that you took notice of me? That should be the mentality of every Christian. Just humble before God. God, I mean, I know what I was when you came after me. Nothing about me desirable, but you took notice of me. You loved me. You reached out to me. You died for me. You've drawn me. Um, we should be in that same place before the Lord. Just humble, thankful, in awe that he's taking notice of us. And so moving on down, verse uh, 12 now. And the Boaz still speaking in response to her question. He says, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. And here Boaz is acknowledging. I also know that you're a believer now. I know you are Moabite. I know Moabites are pagans. Um, if you, Moabites have actually they were actually cursed. There was a, a 10 generation curse on the Moabites. That means your granddaddy's 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 were 10 times cursed. Um, could not come under, but he says, hey, I, I, uh, I recognize where you come from, but I know now that you have come under the shadow of his wings. Right? We, we love the same God. We, we've come under the same covering together. And so he's acknowledging that probably the most important thing you're going to want to have settled in someone that you're considering a relationship with is where they stand with your God. Because your relationship with God should always be the most important thing in your life. Your relationship with him, um, his lordship over your life. And so if you're going to investigate a relationship with someone or, or, or even be open to it, that should be the most important thing. Where do they stand with God? They love the Lord like I love the Lord. You know, and I, I told you guys before, just because somebody showed up at church one time don't mean that they love the Lord. Sometimes people be desperate. Well, they go to church. That's just, that's irrelevant. You know, people could go to church, but they're not part of the church. They don't submit and surrender their life to the Lord. They just go to church. It's people who go to the gym. But I go to the gym, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you keep going then, you know? So um, just because somebody go to church, that's not, that's not a qualifier. Um, you want to see evidence, fruit in their life. This person is submitted to God. They walk in humility. They walk in submission. They obey the word of God. That's what you're looking for in someone's life. Not just that they claim Christianity, not because they show up and hang out around other Christians, but there should be evidences, stronger evidences in the person's life that Jesus Christ is Lord. It should impact how they live, what they will and won't do, how they speak, how they deal with difficult things, how they come at you. Um, all those things should be impacted by the fact that Jesus is Lord of their life. So you want to look for that. So Boaz gets that information about her. Verse 13. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. And so now Ruth responds. And she said, you know what? Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. She's speaking in a respectful term to him. Um, she said, you have comforted me. So she appreciated 
how he's taking care of these, all that, all that extra things and nice things you said to me and that them grains you let me glean and let me drink water over there and tell them men don't bother me. You know, she said, I'm comforted. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on A Transforming Word, a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We have two services every Sunday at 9 and 11 or Wednesday evening at 7, and we would love to meet you. If you can't make it, no problem. We stream our services on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. You never need to miss a message, but if you do, you can always find it on YouTube. There is a link on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. That's calvaryinglewood.org. There, under the Media tab, you'll find links to more messages as well as our mobile app. Pastor Bill has been working his way through the Book of Ruth, a story of faithfulness and reward. Ruth remained faithful to her mother-in-law, doing everything she was asked, even trading her own gods and people for the God of Israel and a new home. Her journey included marriage, being widowed, moving to a new country, abject poverty, and marriage again to a wealthy landowner. Through it all, she remained constant and faithful, and she was rewarded. She became the great-grandmother of the King of Israel, King David. Just like Ruth, just like Ruth, you have opportunities in front of you every day. No matter what circumstances life throws at you, you have a choice. You can choose faithfulness and obedience, or you can choose to go your own way. What will you choose today? Well, we're out of time for today. We love spending this time with you digging into the book of Ruth. Join us next time for more right here on The Transforming Word.